Nine Lives, the debut album from Catalyst, grips with infinite possibility and reflects the contemporary Los Angeles jazz scene. Catalyst is more than a nine-piece band. It's a collective of producers, composers, musicians, and writers who represent a who's who of the Los Angeles jazz community. You can listen to the album on all of the major music platforms or purchase a copy through bandcamp.com. Catalyst with a K, and the album is Nine Lives. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is the Bio Report. Whether it's cells engineered to provide therapeutic benefits or biomanufacturing processes to replace energy-intensive and toxic chemical byproducts of industrial manufacturing, getting the right cell for the job is essential. Berkeley Lights has developed platform technologies that allow researchers to rapidly screen large numbers of cells and analyze them to identify the best cells for their purpose. We spoke to Eric Hobbs, CEO of Berkeley Lights, about the company's platform technology, how it works, and how it can help accelerate the emergence of the new bioeconomy. Eric, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Danny. Very nice to, very nice to be on today. We're going to talk about Berkeley Lights, your digital cell biology platform, and it's potential to impact not only therapeutic development and manufacturing, but agricultural and industrial applications of biotechnology. Let's start with some terminology, though. Berkeley Lights calls itself a digital cell biology company. I'm sure listeners are familiar with each of those words, but maybe not put together in that way. What is a digital cell biology company? Yeah, I mean, so for, for the listeners who are new to Berkeley Lights, that's right, we position ourselves as this you know, leading digital cell biology company. But what it means, Danny, is we're, we're really focused on accelerating the rapid development and commercialization of biotherapeutics and other cell-based products. Um, and, and so we do that because we really, we, we've envisioned this future where, you know, cells are a scalable and sustainable way to manufacture the products we need to live a long and healthy life. And, and we also understand that there are some big challenges in making cell-based products. Um, and, and the big challenge today is, is that, you know, you really have to understand and assess how the cells perform or behave. Uh, in other words, you have to functionally characterize many single cells at scale to find the single cell that makes the product you need. And so what we do at Berkeley Lights is, is you know, we, we record, you know, that, that kind of qualitative information from these functional assays of the cells. And we translate that into digital information. And so this is the digital information, which is associated with the digital cell biology component, right? This is the digital information that our customers use to select the best cells. And so, uh, you know, we provide this huge data cube of information to our customers. And, and that is why we are a digital cell biology company. I think for the 
purposes of this discussion, people need to think a, a bit differently about cells than they might otherwise. You're not looking at cells for the role they play in a living organism, but as factories that have the potential for producing a desired end product. What are cells in this context? You know, we we do believe these cells are are these little factories like you describe, and and inside of these cells there are, you know, there there are millions of things happening at any given instant. Um, you know, you have uh, you have of course transcription from the DNA uh, in, into RNA, translation into different proteins, um, all you know, coupled by you know these crazy enzymatic reactions that allow uh, these chemical reactions to happen at you know at, at temperatures that are that are unforeseen and at rates that are unforeseen you know, outside of these little cellular factories. And so, you know, these cells for Berkeleyites can be just about anything. It's actually one of the one of the wonderful things about our platform is we can handle a wide variety of, of different cells on the platform. And so, although, you know, our, our major workflows are in cell line development where we use cells like uh, Chinese hamster ovary cells or Cho cells, um, or in antibody discovery where we either take, you know, plasma B cells, and these can be from, immunized mice, these can be from humans, these can be from any host of, of animals that, that's been immunized or has been subject to a disease and, and recovered. Um, uh, so this is the B cells and antibody discovery. We have, we have T cells that we pull on the device uh, from, for our cell therapy development workflows. And in synthetic biology, it could be you know, bacteria, yeast, uh, different fungi. Um, a huge host of different organisms can be, can be operated on the Berkeleyites platform. So, um, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty exciting times to be able to, to operate across such a wide, a wide variety of, of biological organisms. One of the challenges of developing cell-based products is that it requires living and functionally validated cells. Berkeley Lights has said existing methods to characterize cell functionality are insufficient and come too late in the process. Can you explain? Yeah, so for example, uh, when you think about, uh, let's, let's pick an example like antibody discovery. In antibody discovery, uh, it's, it's not uncommon for, you know, the pharma customers or, or, or biotech companies to have, to immunize animals. And, and so, you know, you take a blood sample from these immunized animals and you find that that animal is, it has, you know, is seropositive. There are antibodies in that animal which are specific to a therapeutic for a particular disease. And so, you know, one of the ways that, that the most common way of, of finding or discovering uh, the B cells, which produce the antibody, which by the way, have the code so that we can manufacture that antibody as a therapeutic, you have to find that cell. One of the ways that they do it is, is this process called hybridoma. And so uh, in the hybridoma process, you, you know, you sacrifice the animal, you grab the spinocytes, you, you then fuse them with these, you know, cancer cells, these myeloma cells, and, and you create this, you know, kind of Frankenstein cell, which is called a hybridoma. Now, the functional characterization in that process doesn't happen for eight to 12 weeks. Um, and so it, you're way down, you're way, way down the process. And by the way, in that first fusion process that I, that I mentioned, you lose a, a very large amount of the genetic diversity in that process. And so you're way, way down the timeline and you don't know whether you do have a functionally, uh, a functionally diverse set of, of antibody therapeutic candidates or not. I mean, if you contrast that to the Berkeley Lights workflows, you know, what we do is we take the, the B cells, plasma-based B cells directly from that animal and we put them on the system. And within eight hours, uh, you know whether you do or do not have antibody therapeutic candidates. 
Um, and so we're able to perform this level of characterization very rapidly. Um, and it's not just, it's not just, you know, is it antigen specific? You know, we, we also have the ability to measure cross species reactivity. Uh, we can do competitive binding assays. Um, and these are all kind of, again, isotypes. These are all kind of bread and butter things. But what we recently released, one of the workflows we recently released was our, our viral neutralization workflow uh, in which we showcased in the app node um, uh, functional blocking assays. So we can actually put either reporter cells or, or you know, proteins bound to beads into the nanopen with the cell that's secreting the antibody and show that, you know, that there is a blocking, uh, that blocking is performed. Or if, you're, if this is done with live cells, you can actually uh, see the, the function on the live cells uh, that the antibody blocks the interaction. So it's, it, for us, that's pretty exciting. Using your platform, you can test thousands of cells individually at once and characterize them. What types of data can you collect on individual cells through your platform? Oh yeah, there's a there's a huge list of of information. I mean, we gather morphological characteristics, diameter, circularity, mobility, um, but we also we are also measuring kind of what the cells are are secreting. So we have the ability to to measure what the cells are secreting, and that can be an antibody from a B cell and uh, an antibody being manufactured in a CHO cell, uh, a cytokine being released from a, a T cell, uh, a small molecule. Uh, being uh, secreted uh, from from uh, you know a, a yeast cell, for example, um, and so uh, we can measure all of those things. But we also, as I just mentioned in the in the previous, we have the ability to see what the function of those secreted factors are. Um, at any given time, uh, we have this this cool capability to end up flowing in reagents into the main channel and staining the surfaces. So we can stain the surfaces of the cells. Uh, we can also put. You know, one of the fun functional assays that we do in the cell therapy space for helping our customers, you know, estimate the potency of their cells is we take a, a CAR T cell product. Uh, we put the individual CAR Ts inside of these individual nanopens. And then we also can put in an antigen presenting cell. And then what we do is we can literally watch the T cells uh, kill the tumor cells and we can characterize the subpopulation, uh, the subpopulation dynamic or capabilities. Uh, of the subpopulation to actually to perform that killing assay, uh, which is an important metric for uh, for estimating the potency in the cell therapy. Berkeley Light's name references the company's underlying technology, which uses light. What role does light play in the platform? Yeah, oh, so many. There's so many different roles. Actually, if you peel that onion, it's uh, so Berkeley Lights. Where did this name come from? A lot of people ask. Um, it's uh, it's like you, as you mentioned, Danny. The the uh, the underlying technology was out licensed from uh, the University of California Berkeley, where uh, Professor Ming Wu uh, and, and several other uh, there's so many people to mention. I, I can't do, it. but anyway, in Professor Ming Wu's lab, they developed the ability to manipulate uh, to manipulate live biology uh, using light. And so, um, and, and it's a very, it's a low powered light. It's not, uh, it's not the optical, high powered optical tweezers kind of light. And so what we do is we're able to, to in, in these workflows, there's multiple steps. And in the first step, what we do is we flow the cells into the main channel of the device. And then we basically grab onto these individual cells with light. So we just grab a hold of them. It's just think of like having a little tiny hand that's on the order of like 10 microns and you could grab on to, to a single cell, kind of like you know, a little sphere, like a little a little billiard ball, and you can move it into these little areas called nanopens. Um, and so that's the first place that light plays a, plays a role. 
But then as we're functionally characterizing the cells, a lot of the assay readouts, um, you know, are, are either fluorescent, luminescent, you know, they have some kind of, of light-based reporter. And so we go through that process and as we're culturing and keeping the cells alive, and then, and then at the end of the process, we also, we also, you know, take the cells out. So we grab the cells of interest once we've performed all these functional assays, move them out into the main channel with the light, with our light-based hands. We're able to export those cells with a very high level of clonality. So, so there's a lot of optical, you know, interaction with the cells through the process. We have a full digital record of these cells as they're culturing, sometimes up to days on the platform. Anyways, lots of, lots of use of light. Uh, in uh, in in the process, for any given experiment, how varied are the cells? Are they engineered for differences? Are are they naturally occurring? Are are they all the same type, or do they range across types? Yeah, no, a fantastic question. Uh, you know, so you know, it, it depends on the workflow. It's it's one of the wonderful things about the technology is we really we really work to kind of decouple the biology from the from the platform and system, so you could you could use different different types of biology on the system. And so our customers come to us with a pool of cells and inside of that pool of cells, there's there's a cell that's interesting. There's a cell that's the best cell to make your cell-based product. And we wanna help our customers find that cell. Now, as you mentioned, these cells can be cells from, a, from an immunized animal. They can be primary cells. They can also be cell lines that have been edited. Um, and so, for example, in our cell line development workflow, these cells are, are modified to express the protein uh, of interest to manufacture the protein of interest. Those are edited cells. Uh, and so, you know, whether it's primary cells from an animal, edited cells, edited cell lines, um, all of these things are, are, you know, are, can be included, imported into the device uh, to do the function, to perform the functional testing and find the best cell for your application. In terms of business model, you take multiple approaches at once. Customers can purchase your equipment, access it through, a subscription or enter into a partnership. What's the thinking there? And do you do this to access different customer types? Yeah, absolutely. So if, if we focus on kind of the business model, you know, our customers can either, you know, buy or subscribe to a, an advanced automation system to have access to our technology. Um, and so those are, those are for, you know, released workflows and these things. But we also have in the partnerships, you know, we when we enter markets, we we enter into these partnerships with our customers, really to ensure that we're helping them solve really really hard problems, and they they of course get a, a focused team at Berkeley Lights to to solve their problems. And what this enables us to do is to rapidly develop workflows that are that are of significant value. So we did this with Amgen. Amgen was has been a longstanding partner for Berkeley Lights. Uh, some of our first uh, our first partnerships relationships date back you know seven years. Uh, and and through these partnerships, we developed the workflows like cell line development and antibody discovery. And um, it's been such an incredible journey through those partnerships um, that that they have actually worked with us in a way that that now they've turned off uh, they've turned off the 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 older ways of making cell lines, and the the majority of cell lines are made on the Berkeley Lights platform for Amgen. Uh, and so this is how we get very focused in solving what are really important problems for our customers. This is a, a broadly applicable technology across therapeutics, agriculture, and industrial biotechnology. I, I'd like to walk through each of those, but for listeners who may think of biotechnology only in the context of drugs, where do you see us in terms of harnessing biotechnology to impact other parts of our economy beyond healthcare? 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's there as you mentioned. You know, the this is broadly applicable technology, and and the coolest thing about sales, Danny, that's super fun, at least for me, is that you know all cells store heritable information in DNA, and all cells you know transcribe DNA into RNA, and and, and you know, and then translate that into proteins, and the proteins create function, right? Now, this happens in plant cells. Uh, this happens in in yeast cells. This happens in 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 mammalian cells and so if you can if you can make some of these standardized workflows then you can apply this you know across multiple multiple markets like you said and so you know whether it is you know getting an animal cell to manufacture a different protein uh, or you know working on on a yeast cell to make a small molecule or or you know working with plant cells to to enable disease resistance um or working on all of the enzymes, you know, which are proteins inside of the cells that are, are, are assembling these proteins, you know, to continue to evolve those, 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 those building blocks. Um, you know, th this has broad applicability across the, all the markets that we, that we discussed because we think about these things as building blocks uh, that we can uh, cobble together to make end products. And the end product is typically in the form of either a, a protein or a small molecule that can then be included in a, in a food, um, uh, uh, in an industrial material, um, in in a um, in a pharmaceutical um, uh, application and application. The healthcare applications include both antibody and cell therapies. From a a Berkeley Lights point of view, what's the opportunity? Yeah, it's certainly uh, so. We uh, we did a lot of work to to define you know our our, our primary markets that we were primary, secondary, tertiary markets and. And the primary market that we focused on was really the antibody therapeutics. It is the, it is the you know uh, uh, foundational market for the company, uh, both in the discovery, development, uh, discovery and development of of those uh, of those therapeutics, helping helping our customer increase their probability of success of getting uh, of getting to to their cell product cell based product to market. Um, but you know, coming up very rapidly is is synthetic biology. As as you know, people may or may not be familiar with. We we did sign a hundred and fifty million dollar deal with Ginkgo Bioworks uh, to accelerate the rate at which we can uh, we can help them uh, you know discover and engineer organisms to make these products. Um, and and also we have we released this year our, our cell therapy development 1.0 workflow uh, to help our customers really uh, evaluate the functional and functionally characterize their cell therapy products. So. Uh, lots of progress uh, in those markets, but certainly foundational is antibody therapeutics. The bigger and perhaps longer term opportunity is around synthetic biology. What role do you see Berkeley Lights playing in accelerating the, the development of new processes and, and products? Yeah, so in synthetic bio, the biology, there's, there's kind of multiple places where, where we can help. Um, the functional characterization uh, of, the, of the single cell organism is absolutely something that you know, it is a place that we can absolutely help. And, and the wonderful thing is there, we can leverage our work from antibody therapeutics into this new space, which kind of gives us a head start. But as we're learning more about uh, the space in, in synthetic biology, what you'll quickly find out is that to get the cells to produce the thing that you want to do, you have to look inside the cell. You have to, you have to think about what are the enzymes, what are the enzymatic, you know, uh, uh, catalytic reactions that are happening inside of the cells that can convert, you know, convert uh, these proteins into the the end protein uh, that that you that you'd like, and so you know, uh, figuring out how to and one of the and one of the things that we showed at at Sin Bio Beta was our ability to 
you know, be, be rapidly testing, you know, tens of thousands of, of enzymes in, in our nanopens uh, for their ability to, to catalyze particular reactions. Um, and I think that that is a very interesting next place in synthetic biology. So not only is it looking at, you know, how are the organisms performing and, and, and doing and making uh, the products that we want them to make, but, you know, how do you, how do you get inside of the cells, start to look at the enzymes that are operating inside of the cells and helping our, our synthetic biology customers really iterate, iterate through the design, build, test, learn cycle for enzymes. Making these economically viable and scalable is, is often the challenge with regards to biomanufacturing. What role do you see the company playing in that regard? Yeah, I mean, so economic, uh, ec- the economic manufacture of these end products, you know, there's, there's always been great promise in synthetic biology. And the question is, how do you get to the economic, uh, economic price points uh, that you need to get and get to. And so this is where I believe that discussion on the on on the enzymes is critically important because you, you can think about these enzymes inside of the cells as, as basically, you know, rate limiting steps in, in some in some, you know, large, you know, coupled enzymatic reaction pathway, some some, you know, uh, a metabolic pathway. And so as you as you engineer these enzymes, you can you can enhance the rate at which things can be produced and or the efficacy of which things can be produced. And so you can think of that as increasing yield in a process step in a factory. If you consider those cells, as you mentioned earlier, Danny, as, as like little factories, right? And so you're looking inside of that factory and say, okay, well, you know, uh, we need these enzymes to, to, you know, grab these substrates and translate them from this substrate into this, you know, this more, this closer end product. And, and it has to happen in a couple stages. And so I think continuing to work on, on some of these enzyme coupled reactions, uh, helping our customers, uh, you know, uh, modify the enzymes to then achieve, uh, to help build the proteins or small molecules at the rate which becomes, which is economically viable, then can lead to uh, those, those economically, uh, prom- economically promising organisms uh, in the future to make the products that can compete with some of, in some of the commoditized space. But I do believe that you gotta be really selective about the end products that you go after in synthetic biology. And, and I think the market is, the synthetic biology market is really, you know, and has been for now uh, several years focusing on, you know, those higher value end market applications. There's, there's movement into pharmaceuticals. There's a lot of talk about, you know, cannabinoids and these other things uh, that, that are just a higher value end product, uh, which, which meet uh, the capabilities associated with, or meet, meet, uh, meet the, economic, they have a better economic match to the, the costs um, for, for what can be created with a synthetic biology approach. Eric Hobbs, CEO of Berkeley Lights. Eric, thanks so much for your time today. Yeah, thanks for having us on. Thanks for listening. The Bio Report is a production of the Levine Media Group. To automatically download this podcast each week, Subscribe to our RSS feed or through iTunes or other podcast manager. To join our mailing list, go to levinemediagroup.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to drop us a line or are interested in sponsoring this podcast, send email to danny at levinemediagroup.com. Special thanks to Jonah Levine, who composed our theme music, and the Jonah Levine Collective, which performs it.